This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Jared Petty, Scoop. Brian Altano. We got a gross, great show for you this week. We're gross show. Oh, <laughs> real gross show. Uh-oh. We got some mad bowls. We got the spline pit, garbage pail kids. We got it all going on. Somebody's getting oozed. Hopefully, yeah, no one says, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only 80s kids will understand that one. Uh, great show for this. We've got to talk about Titanfall 2. Talk a little bit more about Battlefront. But first, some housekeeping notes. Uh, next weekend is PAX East in Boston. IGN will be there in full force, and there are several opportunities you have to come and hang out with us. First of all, uh, we're hosting a uh, PAX East kickoff party on Wednesday, the 21st. Ooh. This is at a venue called Candy Bar, which sounds like a strip club. I cannot d- confirm or deny whether or not it is a strip club. What about a delicious snack? Yeah. Uh, it's in the intercapped. Candy bar is intercapped. Mm-hmm. This is a 21 and over event. Uh, there'll be gaming stations, a photo booth, prizes for the first 300 guests, and I'm told, tons of surprises. Sounding more and more like a strip club. Yeah, You're right. It's actually true. <laughs> uh, you can sign up at is IGN. Is it buffet? <laughs> yeah. Great buffet. Sign up at IGN presents battlebornCommunity.splashthat.com. What? <laughs> what? Yep. This is it's a long site. Once again, IGN presents battlebornCommunity.splashthat.com. So just all IGN presents Battleborn Community. Just all one. That's big just one big thing you okay. put type into your box. Dot yeah. splashthat.com. Dot splash that. Yep. Okay. That's the thing. And splash you, what? That. 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 Got it. And you don't need a badge for that event. Then the iGen panel is 7 p.m. on Saturday in the Dragonfly Theater. You do need a badge for that, but that's an all-ages event. And then that's immediately followed by the iGen meet and greet 
at a venue called Royale. Mm. Ooh. That's going happening from 10 to midnight. To sign up for that, you go to <laughs> IGN Meet in Greet, presented by 2K.SplashThat.com. So is that the letter N? IGN Meet, letter N Greet, presented by 2K.SplashThat.com. <laughs> we are running out of URLs. I did, not, I did not set up these eight URLs. This is just how you can be a part of these This events. is what happens on the internet. We've had too many URLs. There's none left. This They're is like the phone numbers. Tip. Yeah. Just. It's true. All right. Let's get to uh, this week's topics. Titanfall 2. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's happening. It's real. Yep. We got the announcement of the announcement. Sequel to that Don Bluth movie. <laughs> we right? also got Mech Swords confirmed. Confirmed Mech Swords. Okay. Yes. Titanfall 2 will be revealed on June 12th. That happens to be E3 week. It's the Ooh. Sunday of E3 week, which Sunday is now part of E3. It's yep. there. Yeah. I forget their name of it, but EA is having an event. Uh, EA Play. EA Play. They're, EA they're like pre E3 sort of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, dealio. that's when they're having their conference on Sunday. And then they have an event in LA that's going to be open to the public. Okay. So that's when we can expect Titanfall 2 to be officially revealed. Titanfall, uh, I was surprised to learn that it sold 10 million copies. Did it that's really? True? Wow. I, don't know, I don't know how many of those were you know, discounted down to 10 bucks or whatever. But, there, was, you know, there was a bundle. Over, yeah. yeah, and there was so a bundle. So I'm sure a lot of people bought their Xbox One. But over that. a long that's enough huge. period of time, that game got into a lot of people's hands. And Titanfall was really good. Yeah, um, it was good. Yeah, it, the free running. It, so it's like the devil's in the details, right? Like it had free running and all sort of the, a lot of the stuff that Call of Duty does, but it did that stuff better. Like I think it felt better and fluid, and um, the whole thing just felt fantastic. It was really, really polished and great. But it was that lack of a single player campaign. Just mm -hmm. like, yeah. So it was a little. It was very well executed, but limited in scope, yeah. mm -hmm. and it was only on Xbox and PC. Yeah. So now Titanfall Two, they've already said they're going to add a single player campaign, mm -hmm. and. If they haven't officially said this, we 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 know it's coming to PlayStation as yeah. well. So, I don't. It sounds like, it sounds like they're just like fixing the the check boxes the, the of complaints people have with the first one. Just generally, what you want with a sequel to a pretty good game that had a few shortcomings. That's exciting. I I, I don't care much about the single player element, but I do like the other don't fine tunes. See, I'm the, I'm, I'm the opposite. Yeah, yeah I want to really? play a, a nice single player campaign. Well, I, I want to play one. Blast noobs. I want to play one or the other. That's what I mean. I, either if it's a multiplayer focused game, if they do great multiplayer, that's fine by me. If it's single player focused game and they do great single player and there's no multiplayer, that's also fine. I, I, sure. I prefer that if you think you can do one thing well and the other one you, you ignore, I'm great with that. If it has both, sure. But uh, yeah, a game could be a fine single player experience with no multiplayer elements, and you can have a fine multiplayer with no single player as long as it's that one. You know, it's one of the exceptions. I actually really liked Uncharted multiplayer. That's true. Uh, I like big fan player. of that. The Last of Us multiplayer was neat, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, it was cool. Uh, I've been giving this some thought, Damon. Okay, lay uh, it on us. So I think uh, everyone Take already... Take us to church. <laughs> everyone knows the uh, stats about, you know, no one spends any time in the Call of Duty single player. You know, they spend five or six hours there, then 500 hours in the yeah. multiplayer, and yet it's a huge portion of their time and energy and budget, and they have to hire Kevin Spacey and, mm -hmm. you know, everything else. But... In the case of Titanfall, I think the mistake or the thing they didn't account for is that without having that single player, you don't have any context for who you are, who you're shooting. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. Right. I don't know who that is or why I'm shooting them or what's at stake or what's going on or like why there's mechs. And so at least when you're introducing a new IP like that to not have mm -hmm. uh, you know, a new brand, new world, new universe, to not set up do a better job of setting up, you know, uh, the stakes and the conflict and, like, orient people in this world. Even if they only spend five or six hours in that single player, there's value, like, that value carries over into the multiplayer to sort of be like, okay, I get it. Sure. I know what I'm doing. So, that's interesting. So, you, you need context 
I mean, for I why you're, you're playing the game, more than just the mechanics of the game? I don't think that I need it, it's just I think it made the multiplayer like less sticky. Like in Battlefront, it's like, you know, you're the rebels, or you're the, uh, you know, you're the, you're the, Empire. the, the Empire. Right, Empire. the conflict like, is inherently yeah. set up by the story of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so I think, uh, I, I do think that that was part of the missing, like that's the missing piece of the puzzle there. Even though the multiplayer itself, I get that they were a startup game developer, crazy expensive to make single player, yeah. and, um, you know, I understand why they made the decision they did, but I think that's why it turned out to be. Well, they did try to shoehorn story into oh, it like awful. the. It was yeah. just a weird way to tell a story, right? It was like these like preloading, not cutscenes, but basically just like loading screens right before a multiplayer match started. That was just like the blah 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 had the blah 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 stop the blah blah, and it was like, yeah. well, this is not really like I'd actually rather not have any of that <clears> than they, just sort of like yeah. Get they a did Cliff a drop version. Ship, they did a dropship voiceover. That was yeah. like, Okay, we're on this planet. Do this, and it's like, what? I don't know. Yeah, this yeah, makes yeah. any sense. No, I think in multiplayer context, if you're not going to have that single-player storytelling, just go ahead, drop it in, and make it kind of Doom or Quake style. There's bad dudes. Shoot them with guns. You know, sure. that, That's enough. That's really enough for a multiplayer shooter. They tried to have their cake and eat it, too, where like Team Fortress did that for a long time, although the ir- irony is that that game actually does have a lot of deep lore and story now mm-hmm. that they added on after the fact. But, you know, Team Fortress or Quake or Doom, you don't need a story, you don't need anything, we're just shooting each other. But Titanfall uh, tried to set up this future world yeah. with these two factions that had like acronyms that you didn't know what they meant, yep. and I just think that was probably a mistake. Hmm. So there's been a glut of multiplayer-only games this generation. Evolve, mm-hmm. Battlefront, Yep. <clears throat> uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. If Titanfall 2 adds a single player campaign, does that start a chain reaction? Do all the or do the second iterations of all these games also add single player campaigns? Yeah, I mean, I, is that an omission of what guild, for lack of a better term? I right? would hope so. Uh, like you said, I'm a, I'm a lot like you in that way, where it's it's very very rare where like a multiplayer only game will really grab me. Like I'm a I'm a turn off the lights, put on the surround sound headphones, and play a single player game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love getting lost in a story, getting to play something at my own pace. Like I'm playing Battlefront now, and the new Jabba's Palace map came out, and I want to walk around and geek <laughs> out about how cool yeah. it is, and but my teammates something. are getting killed, and I'm not helping them, because I'm like, ooh, I found a Grimorian guard behind <laughs> a gate. Uh, and I can't do that, and there's no single player mode where I can be like, oh look, it's the Rancor. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want that. I like being able to play stuff at my own pace. But like you said, Justin, they're incredibly expensive, and if most people gloss over them, um, it's it's hard to justify. But it's it became such a sticking point for Battlefront where people were like, why doesn't it have this? Why doesn't it have this? And I think it's because the old versions had somewhat of a story mode to an mm-hmm. extent. Um, Titanfall, I think, like, the expectation with first-person shooters is that you don't really have to make more than a four-hour, five-hour long campaign. Mm-hmm. Even that is enough and give us a couple different difficulty settings and uh, platinum trophies and stuff like that and that'll be enough to get people going so that I would like to see I mean I don't think anyone's really asking for like a 15 hour game here um but if there's a four-hour story mode for Titanfall and there's a justification for why I'm battling giant robots, aside from the fact that it's just cool, that's yeah. pretty awesome. I, mean, I think we, I... Oh, go ahead. Uh, Titanfall had more. They actually added a horde mode and added some of these modes and features post-launch. But at launch, uh, like no single player was a shorthand for like that game was really short on content and modes in general. Right. Like, not that many maps, not that many modes. Like this game was crazy yeah. fun and polished, but there weren't a lot of ways to experience it. And like... You contrast that with something like Call of Duty that's also 60 bucks. Like, Call of Duty Zombies is so, like, it has a separate character progression system, mm-hmm. separate weapons, yep. separate story. Like, it's a it's separate art style. Like, and I don't think we're this far away from this happening, but for now, it remains within the core Call of Duty package. I think it'll eventually be its own thing. Like, that was a $60 game inside the game that mm-hmm. you launched from, like, a whole separate main menu. Yeah. yeah. 
And like it also had like hardcore modes and like just that that wealth of content that you get even outside of the short campaign. Um, Titanfall was just missing some of that. So like give us more ways to experience you know sort of the rad gameplay systems. You yeah. yeah, I would like to see the the closest they can get to a more complete package from the jump. Uh, one of the Titanfall's biggest problems was the way it split up its user base by putting out map packs yeah. and and DLC yep. and, and things like that. <clears throat> that all of a sudden some people were playing and some people weren't. Um, and Battlefronts kind of had that problem a little bit where they give early access to season pass people but once that gets unlocked for everybody everybody's in um, like I know they did that with the Battle of Jakku and it was hard to find matchmaking and yeah. if you want to you want to maintain that balance of creating a game that's popular for a long time mm-hmm. um, but also services the most hardcore users but also doesn't alienate the people who just kind of want to casually check it out so that on top of nailing the single player is like that's that's their big asks right now like yeah. that's that's the big things yeah. they have to get over Well, Titanfall 2 set for uh, a big reveal on June 12th. EA's E3 lineup begins to take shape. They'll have Titanfall 2, they'll have Mass Effect Andromeda, mm-hmm. they'll have FIFA 17, that's mm-hmm. been confirmed. Yep. Uh, presumably, presumably, there'll be more Battlefront yeah. stuff that they'll want to reveal. Yeah, they just revealed today Lando Calrissian and Dengar are coming. Exactly. The, 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 everyone's the, been clamoring yeah. for that Dengar. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Dengar's great. He's like a running joke in the Star Wars galaxy to see them cater to that. It, He's a toilet beautiful. paper mummy. Right. Every now and then pandering is a good thing and this is a, a case of pandering just being wonderful. Yeah. We, don't and need, we, I, we, we won't know this for a while but they, yeah I hope I hope he shows up. They, I mean Bosk's gun is in the game so I think they'll do all the bounty hunters but it's yeah. really cool that they, they've announced that Cloud City stuff's coming mm-hmm. then Death Star but the fourth expansion pack is unknown yeah. right now but a lot of rumors are saying it'll lean into Rogue One because Rogue mm-hmm. One is basically right before the original trilogy. They're only doing original trilogy stuff and we don't know what the fourth map right. pack Jakku is. Right. Jakku is an exception. Yeah. Like people keep asking Asking for I want this I want that and I don't think people a lot of people understand that Battlefront really is focused on that OG yeah. trilogy and it yeah. feels like they can probably sneak Rogue One in there. Yeah, I think they old. can they can throw in a Yavin base or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe that. they'll do yeah. that Bart station from the uh, with trailer the, with the robot yeah. running around. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Can't wait yeah. for that movie. They'll probably also want to show off uh, the VR version, the PlayStation yeah. VR version, the experience mm. of Battlefront. Shiny. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, it's just speeder bikes. <laughs> which I'm okay with. That'd be yeah. fun. That'd be great. Uh, and then it's been a, it's been a while since we heard from Battlefield. What do they do for Battlefield Five? Yeah, what they would presumably yeah be the next one. Yeah, I'm, I was wondering if they were getting into that sort of Call of Duty thing where they would have on and off years now mm, with yeah. Battlefront or mm. whatever they want to do in or that hard line or you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, stuff like that. So I feel um, smart, you know, alternate Battlefield and Battlefront. It's, it's a good solution to me. Mm-hmm. They tried that with Medal of Honor and that didn't work. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how uh, how wise they would be to go head to head with Call of Duty with something like that again. Um, I think Battlefront yeah. was just different enough. That people, I mean, you know, it's Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't hurt at all. I mean, Call of Duty has been showing some weakness, though. They bounced back this year with yeah. Black Ops Three, but uh, they, you know, they stopped breaking their own records a couple mm-hmm. years back with Ghosts, and uh, it's been a little bit shaky. But uh, you know, the rumors about the next one sound pretty cool. So yeah, but really this is good. also like, I mean, is EA going to put out a game like that and then also have Titanfall? And more Battlefront yeah, content. Yeah, that's a good point. Like they're, so maybe, they're juggling three first-person shooters at the same time. I don't think mm-hmm. Titanfall is confirmed for this fall. It's I, not. I, I think that right. might be. I think, I think that might be like February, March. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. That's my guess. Yeah. 
yeah. early early twenty seventeen. Because from what we read about Call of Duty, it's going like so futuristic. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those yeah. are the rumors. Far future. Yeah. yeah, like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is they, like, yeah. I mean, that's going to be really cool if there's yeah. like there's a Star Wars shooter, there's a mech shooter, and then there's future Call of Duty. If Battlefield comes out and it's just a regular military shooter, then it's once again on its own. I love that. I love the idea of them embracing that hamminess. I mean, Ghost was just so up its own butt to see yeah. them finally just well, be like, we're yeah. in the yeah. Th- this is this is nice. And I guess I should correct myself. Battlestar Galactica takes place in the distant past, doesn't it? That's Spoilers, a good point. Spoilers, sorry. Yeah, you should, you should have watched it by now. It happened already? Oh, man. All of this has happened before. And, and all, all this will happen again. again. Like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on. In, uh, s- in the subject of statistics that prove what we already know, oh. <laughs> a recent Nielsen study finds that most hardcore gamers, traditional gamers, console gamers, play mobile games. Mm-hmm. Sixty-six to the tune of sixty-six percent. Yep. Of people who identify as hardcore gamers also play mobile games. However, they don't spend a dime <laughs> on mobile games. Eighty-three percent of those don't spend any money. Oh, but that actually means that seventeen percent do spend, which is higher which than is the also, average. It's it just sort of uh, uh, it's like the whole whale concept, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah a small yeah. That's percentage what, of your audience. Is but that's a bigger thing. small percentage. Just but we, right I mean, the that. way that yeah. mobile games work is ninety-five to ninety-seven percent of people never spend anything, and that five percent yeah. of players that are willing to transact subsidize everybody else. I mean, we no, this isn't surprising at all. And we see this in the IGN comments. When I used to run the mobile channel at IGN, I, the comments would always be, you know, F mobile games. These are crap. Except, for, totally, these, except yeah. for these three that I play. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, I play Plants vs. Zombies. And when I'm on the bus, sometimes I'll play Angry Birds. And I really like this war game that I play with my yeah. friends. And, like, I'll check out these games. But besides those, I screw wonder, mobile. I wonder how many of these guys are going out and buying the ones that just let you buy the game for one price, one this is time. Why I wanted, Apple's yeah. really leaned into that. This is why I, I, I love that, by the way. Yeah. I want to bring this up. If... If most gamers are playing mobile games, but they're not spending money on them, that means they're not playing the best mobile games. Because right. yeah. the best mobile games just cost a fixed upfront price, like Lara Croft Go, uh, Monument Valley, FTL. That's really interesting because these like self-proclaimed room. hardcore gamers, yeah, but they're just playing the play crappiest the yeah, they're free-to-play playing stuff. crap garbage. Like, yeah, like I, one of my things that I like, and I've noticed this a hundred times, and I feel like I've talked about this before. But when I'm getting on a flight. And I walk past oh, first great, class, right? yeah. and there's somebody on like the newest iPad, and they're playing a mobile game that has ads on it because mm-hmm. they didn't pay the dollar to get rid of them. Yeah. I'm like, reevaluate your life. <laughs> no, get, get it together. You're sitting in a sky chair that costs thousands of dollars on a thousand dollar tablet that's like I don't, I can't even mm-hmm. think about affording it right now. And you're like, I'm not going to spend a dollar to get rid of ads in this game. Like it's so ridiculous. That's it's so my, ridiculous. That's my mom, except for flying in first class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, she plays this game. I guess that's like a name drop. She plays uh, Fairway Solitaire. And I swear to God, she's played that game for hundreds of hours. Like, she yeah. plays it every day. And there's a free version that's kind of gimped and crappy. Or the full game is, I think, three bucks. Um, yeah. And this is a couple years ago, so I don't know if they've changed their business model since then. And I'm like, Mom, you play this game literally every evening. Like, spend the $3 and you'll get... She's like, no, I don't mind. I just do the same courses over and over. It's I'm so like, <laughs> like, you're getting, like, just... It's $3 it's on so your $6 It's so bizarre to me. Like, I, we, we like, like a pack of gum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as gamers, we we gum. we we are so weird and so, we have selective like reasoning when it comes to yeah. picking and choosing where we spend our money. Uh, like I I went out for lunch in San Francisco today. I got a sandwich and an, and a and a peach tea that Batman vs Superman has ruined for me because it looked like yeah. piss. Um, <laughs> 
and it was twelve seventy five, and like yeah. that's kind of a steal in downtown San Francisco. Absolutely. But then I get back to my desk, and I read a, I read this like uh, some tweet from somebody who spent seventeen dollars in Mitomo today mm-hmm. to try to get the cat costume, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. And I'm gonna go poop out my sandwich and my grandma's piss tea, <laughs> and I'm not even gonna think about it. But I looked at that situation, and I'm like, why did you spend so much money in that game when you could have just like waited around and maybe bought a costume with a couple of coins or whatever yeah. but then I'll go out I'll go out and buy a, a ten dollar beer yeah. or something like that yeah. or like you know, like uh, I bought a Star Wars toy for twenty five bucks. It just sits on my desk and falls over, and I turn it. But, you know, like, wh- where does this? Like, where does yeah. this stop? The, I don't the part the part that bugs me is the is the bing ooh bing ooh. Sometimes it reminds. Me, I used to go buy pachinko parlors in Japan, and watch yeah. people just you know plop the coins in and pop the coins yeah, in, or, or or go to <laughs> go to a casino, see Big the same thing. Fan. Those yeah, are the scary. Those are the scariest places in the universe, by the way. Oh, some of them are rad. Uh, have you been in a pachinko? I've bar? actually never I've been, been inside one. Oh, I I I literally very, loud, very bright. I literally got sick from what I. I walked into one. It was three stories. It yeah. was screaming loud. Yeah. Like it sounded like Transformers. And everyone's chain smoking and yeah. everyone's drinking and everyone's yeah. screaming and there's no air. And it's just like, Rah! and just, I walked out and I'm like, I'm sick. I have a yeah. cold. I have a flu. Go, go, to, go to Echo Pachin. You go yeah. in there, they won't let you smoke inside. Okay. It's, it's completely different. Good. Yeah. It's, uh, but no, I really do think that there's, there's a, I get nervous about the closeness to gambling. And I don't think gambling is inherently unethical in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think that there's a certain part of the population that's susceptible to being victimized. Uh, and I do worry that some of these flashing lights and cha-ching sounds on apps where you can pour more and more money in that I know are aimed at a small fraction of the population kind of resemble. No, I mean, you don't even need to kind of, you don't need to hedge. If you look at the top grossing games, they're all slot machine apps. Yeah. Like, there's no kind of about it. Like, okay. they, you can buy, you know, they'll give you 10,000 free coins a day to gamble with, but if you want more, you can spend a buck, and then those shoot up to, and those games make $100,000 a day for mm-hmm. giving out well, nothing. I remember, I remember growing up and going to arcades at birthday parties and stuff like that. Um, you know, as an 80s kid, like, that was a big part of video game culture, because you got to play stuff that looked better than the stuff you had at home. Yeah. And there was, there were, like, you know, Ninja Turtles, and there was X-Men, and, and, and Simpsons, they're all fun multiplayer game. And basically, the better you were and the more quarters you put in, the, the, the closer you got to getting an ending. Yeah. And then right next to it were these games that were like those big towers of just tokens. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you would put a token in and it would just push a shelf into more tokens. Yeah, yeah. It would push another shelf. And eventually, like a couple tokens would fall down and then you'd get some tickets. And it was like, this feels like a racket. Yeah. But people paid. And like I mean, that's your yeah, but it depends on like this claw machines. I mean, it depends on what your tolerance level is for right, this right, sort of right. thing. Mobile games have definitely they've this has been lurking beneath the surface. It's really come to the forefront in 2015, 2016. The sort of gacha games yeah. where uh, you uh, you know spend a dollar and then you're going to get a character. You're going to get a new character for your team or squad, but you have a two percent chance of getting the ultra rare character. Yeah. You know, a five percent chance of getting a rare character. Otherwise, you're getting a common character and like. Okay, you save up your money, they drip you a little bit of money, so once a month you can maybe try to get one without spending any cash. And, like, that is... That's literally gambling, mm-hmm. at which is illegal on the App Store because it crosses state lines, and, like, they're very much sort of skirting beneath yeah. the law. Like, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Like, I think it's not illegal because the stuff doesn't have any monetary value. Like, mm-hmm. you can't turn them into cash or anything like that. Right. But, like, a reckoning is coming, and it's coming in Japan, too, where uh, they have special events where... Hey, you normally have a three percent chance of getting an ultra rare character, but you know, for these two days, we're going to up it to six percent or ten yeah. percent. 
And then people got together and ran the numbers, or a guy bought like a thousand dollars worth of stuff, and it turned out they were lying. Like they hadn't. Ooh. They hadn't the, increased your chances. No, well, they hadn't increased them to the degree that they said they did. Ooh. And so now, because of that, like this industry might be a little bit more regulated in Japan than it wow. has been, because mm -hmm. you're really at the mercy of. Like, so they doubled the odds, and you try 10 times, and you don't get anybody, and you're like, did I just have bad luck? Yeah. Like, you're just really at their mercy well, that you're telling you the truth. They ultimately have your a link to your credit card. It's not tokens in a machine. It's a lot of money. It's it's your, you know, your net resources are available, and if you're willing to make the wrong decision at the wrong time, you could spend an awful lot of money yeah. in a very short period, and there's no accountability. When you read those that. stories about, like, somebody's kid who spent $3,000 on Smurf berries, like, that's never happened in an arcade. It's impossible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's ever brought in their dad's credit card and swiped it and gotten $3,000 with the tokens and walked out with this, like, Santa Claus sack of fake coins. <laughs> Although I love the idea that that, that would be great. And started dumping him into a sack of big dollars. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hi, listeners. What's up, listeners? What's up, listeners? <laughs> What's up, every listener? Our <laughs> <laughs> first email this week comes from Vernon. <clears throat> I'm going to choose to believe it's Vernon Reed, guitar player for Living Color. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. What that's, about Vernon I, Troy? The, that's what I was going to say. Vernon Troy from uh, Awesome Powers. The, what's the, the mm. little man? What are you? I don't. I'm sorry. I, I actually don't know, don't know the technical term for him because he's not technical. Technical. Yeah. Uh, Vernon emailed us at the email address gamescoop at IGN, just, just like small. you can. Yeah. Vernon says, even though I am not Big Tony style, I oh. hope you will give some consideration to my question. I, for one, am looking forward to buying Dark Souls 3 on its release date. One, because it looks like a great game. And two, I'm excited to experience it at a time when the number of people playing it mm. is at its maximum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When people talk about the value of games, one of the considerations that I do not hear mentioned much outside of multiplayer-only games is the value of playing something when there is a large, active community surrounding it. Both those who are playing it and also those talking about it online in discussion groups, YouTube, etc. Sometimes when I, when I play a game, even if it's just a few years old, I feel like a man on an island. Does that desire to play something at the height of its popularity factor into whether or not you all buy a game at full price when it is new, or am I just a sucker spending my hard-earned cash just for the sake of not feeling left out? You guys are the best. Thanks for all oh, the great wow. hours Aww. of entertainment. So, I mean, this is a completely biased question for us specifically. Because we have to be <clears throat> part of the conversation as well, it's happening. it's part of our job. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But take off your... Gaming media <laughs> spectacles. <laughs> well, and just yeah. think of yourself sure. as just when you're just a gamer, yeah. like you still feel the need, like, oh, I gotta play yeah. the hottest game right now. The, the first so thing I, I would talk say, about right? it. Yep. It's yep. just like, I, God, I know Batman v Superman is <laughs> gonna be bad, but I wanna be part of the conversation, so let's go see totally. it. Totally. Yeah, where you, you, you wanna bad. see it because it's, 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 there's part, it's part of the zeitgeist, right? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I skipped it. You yeah. skipped it? Yep, me too. You're missing Interesting. out. You're both missing out. That's yeah. the funniest movie of the year. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's. I, I totally understand it. Like, it's 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 different because like video games are incredibly expensive compared to seeing a movie for ten bucks yeah. or eight bucks or five dollar matinee or whatever. Yep. Um, like, it's sixty bucks to play Dark Souls. You could rent it from uh, like one of those things in the supermarket or whatever. Red box. Red box. Um, Gamefly. Gamefly. Yeah. Gamefly. But uh, even then, like, you're gonna spend a couple <clears throat> bucks and you're gonna take it back and bring it back in. I think there's something cool to be like. To I've, I see all these Facebook communities popping up, like the podcast Beyond just launched one for um, for this game and the people are fighting bosses at the same time and giving mm -hmm. each other tips. Yeah. There's something really cool about that. That being said, there's also something really cool about coming back six months later and seeing an entire wiki filled out and just being like, Anything I could possibly need is already here. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we, were, like we were playing The Witness early before it came out, and like we got stuck, 
And like that was it. There was no <laughs> yeah. Like there was no option. So yeah. like that's something when you have our job. But no, I mean Vernon, I would say uh, first of all, you're not a sucker at all because you said yourself that you get enjoyment out of it. That's true. Yeah. Like yeah. so, you're spending sixty dollars now and like versus thirty dollars, you know, whenever in six months or twelve months, and you have to decide like is it worth thirty dollars to me to be able to go on a really really active subreddit or in mm -hmm. you know NeoGaf topic or you know see all the IGN news posts about something. Um, you know, and be right in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I totally think that that's probably worth thirty bucks. But that's you know, that's something that you can determine for yourself. I do generally recommend that you wait around at least for the reviews. Uh, they they usually come out around the same time, and uh, I'm a big fan of letting professional reviewers tell me about a game before I go spend a lot of money well, sure. on it. I, I don't necessarily let them tell me whether or not I'm going to buy it, but their opinions matter. And read the review. Just look at the score, read the review, see if this is a game like, oh, based on what they said, based yeah, on this, just, person, yeah, this person, this person. What about just scrolling really... down to the pros and cons and just reading those? And just looking at the score. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Please, ever. Okay. No, please. That's not really stop. what he, He's not really asking about, like, should he wait for reviews? No, but I say, so wait for the review, even if you want to be part of the conversation, <laughs> even if the pre-order, you want to be there opening night when everybody else is jumping it, please wait to read the review, then go buy the game, if there's a tiny pre-order bonus, you'll miss out on that, but the odds are that you're going to be more confident in the decision you made at that. Yeah. What I will say, one of the things that bothers me about kids these days, mm. these younger gamers, is that they think they can be part of the conversation. Some of them think they can be part of the conversation if they've just like watched some yeah. some, some, some right, let's plays right, right. on YouTube. Yeah. Even if they haven't played the game, like, get out of here with that. Yeah. You haven't played the game, <laughs> yeah. you aren't part of the conversation. I, I very much, I'm on Vernon's side on this one. That's actually why I love uh, Reddit a lot as a platform because I actually, my Reddit looks different than probably anyone else's Reddit because I've customized it and tailored it. And you can subscribe to specific subreddits and unsubscribe from others and you only see the stuff mm -hmm. that you choose to see. So it's literally like a feed of like what Justin's into. Like yeah. when I was playing a lot of Diablo 3, I'm like, subscribe to this, 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 and this. And then when I was like, eh, you know, I'm kind of over that game, I just, then Drop they're it. gone. Like they just disappear. And so yeah. for a while, it was The Witness, you know, and I was really into that and like reading all up on that community. And like, so it's like The Witness and board games and like, yep. like all it, the stuff that I'm into. Brian mentioned Discovery earlier. I, on my Twitter feed, uh, similar to your Reddit thing, lo yeah. looks, you know, the night that Dark Souls 3 came out, it was just people with screenshots of countdowns and you know stories of triumph until late into the night. Right. But then, moving on into that process of discovery, yes, it's fun to go back when everything's discovered or when most things are, but it's also fun to watch them as they're being discovered over that first few days. You know, uh, uh, Brennan was just showing me that they, they, found, uh, they found the Solaris armor in, uh, or the Solar armor, pardon me, in uh, Dark Souls 3 and mm -hmm. how to get it. And it's like, that's really cool, and it's just emerging right now. So I, I do think, like, spoil, spoiler culture plays into it as well. Yeah. Like, there is that sort of necessity to see something. Like, with Force Awakens, I went into media blackout for four days before. I don't mean media blackout. I mean, I went into internet blackout. You blacked mm. out. Like, I, 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 I hit myself with a large cinder block until <laughs> I could see. Vodka, just, yeah, yeah, I froze myself. Um, so, like, I think that's a big part of it now. Like, um, we mentioned one of the bosses on one of the show. I think it was on Beyond the other day, and yeah. I'm sure someone's going to be upset that we did that, even though we just made a vague reference to what a character looked like. Oh, because that's yeah. like, you can be scrolling through Twitter and be like, oh, it's the main boss of Dark Souls 3. Oops. Like, so I think part of it now, too, is sort of like, I have to see something before it's ruined for me. Um, there's also sort of spikes that happen, not because of release dates originally, but because of stuff that happens later on. Steam sales, uh, PlayStation Plus, Games with Gold. Um, these are kind of big movements to get entire armies of people playing something for the first time, sometimes like a month or even a year after it's out. Like yeah. something, will, like the, there was a, somebody put together that video of sad Ben Affleck yeah. the other day. <laughs> And they use that song, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Mm -hmm. yeah. And did you guys see it? Like it cracked the uh, like the 
top ten on the <laughs> on the Billboard charts. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sounds oh, silent. That song, yeah, yeah, that song that's like fifty yeah. years old. That's a great yeah. song. Yeah, so but it's it's like. And to be fair, it's not that hard to like uh, a, a, a certain show that you and I are part yeah. of tops the Billboard charts somehow. Totally. You don't really need to sell yeah. that many copies these days to yeah, get yeah, yeah. Billboard. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's kind of interesting that like sometimes, and I remember like PewDiePie did a Let's Play of like I think it was like Skate Two or something like that, yeah. and it like spiked in European sales. Like, I mean, he made Flappy Bird too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. So I think there's like there are things that happen that are movements outside of just the original launch day mm -hmm. um, where you can be part of like a big sweeping conversation again. It doesn't necessarily have to happen in that first window. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think spoilers yeah. become a big part of it and um, like subreddits and message boards and all that kind of stuff. It's a big I conversation. Also, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I also understand that hunger to be, it's like, guys, I'm watching season two of Lost. I really don't know if he's going to push that button or not. And people are like, like no one wants to talk to you about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if you're on to something late, like I was, I watched True Detective like a year late. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I want to talk to this about somebody. And Goldfarb's like, dude, I told you a year ago to watch that show. Yeah. Like, but, and then it was too late. Like I missed the window. But on the other yeah. hand, you do get the time travel aspect from that. I mean, and that playing it early doesn't mutually exclude you from going back. I do recommend you go back. There's a thing where you can look up the night sky and look at the stars and you're seeing them you know from thousands to millions of years ago because it takes the light that long to get here you're actually traveling through time Old when you do that spoilers. really cool. yeah, we're traveling through time <laughs> um, right now yeah you know what i mean uh, we're traveling through time in a way unconventional sure. uh, a different way with games and really media in general you can do the same thing uh, and I, I think that's a really neat way. It, going back and looking at something with a few years of, of context under your belt, with seeing what came from it since, and then go back and re-experiencing, sometimes it takes away. Sometimes it makes you aware of just how influential and brilliant something was when you didn't realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. like, wow, this really changed something. Or, man, this holds up. And that's a, that's a beautiful feeling. Turns out Otogi on the original Xbox started everything. <laughs> that's the one. If you just went back and gave it a shot, you'd see. Mm -hmm. Otogi? Yeah. That's the beginning of all. I mean, the reality is you could you could save thousands of dollars a year by not being there on day one. It's I, know, I wanted to do the math on like what if you time shifted twelve months? Yeah, like I, I, I've, thought about, I've thought about this as a if future. If you just waited for, for like time. the game of the year edition, that's like yeah. forty bucks. Oh yeah, or whatever. Like you know, like what came out twelve months ago this month? Or we're almost twelve months from Batman: Arkham City, and what does that game cost mm -hmm. now? Twenty bucks? You know, like yeah. I mean, how we much were talking about Battlefront. Uh, Gamefly was having a sale on it yesterday for nineteen ninety five. Yeah, like like how much money would you save by just time shifting all your media by a year? I am a cheapskate and I do that a lot even working here sure. uh, I just wait uh, because uh, money's valuable and 60 mm. bucks and 20 bucks that's a big difference yeah see I do I buy the game for 60 bucks and just don't play it that's yeah. what I do it's yeah. <laughs> a good call I've had a I don't know if we need to move on I, I had an idea I've had an idea for a startup for a company for a long time um, or maybe a service on IGN I don't know is, just this, like, is this Playdia again no it's not uh, that was a uh, was it what was that called Oh, the, that was the... The, uh, the Gamer Social Network thing. Yeah, well, Playdia. That was your Gamer Friend. It was at a different name than that. I don't remember what it oh, was. I thought it was Playdia. Anyway, uh, this was uh, like... People do like book clubs. I want it to be an online book club like, hey, everybody, let's agree to rewatch Lost, but we're going to agree to watch it at this pace, and we're going to start on this date. And then, like, let's say you're going to start a month from now. You know, mm -hmm. on May 1st, we're going to start rewatching Lost, and, you know, you'll get a certain number of people, 10 or 50 or 100 people. They're like, yeah, let's do it. Either watch something for the first time or rewatch something, you know, and then you can come back and share and discuss and yeah, sort of travel like through it. And so people would like make, it's almost like a message board. Like you would make, here's what we're going to watch and here's like the time horizon that we're going to watch it on. Okay. It's friendly to newcomers, it's friendly to people that are rewatching. And then if you're looking like, I've never watched The West Wing, I would find some West Wing group that was about to start and like enjoy the show with them. The problem is because 
People would be dicks. Yeah, hum- human beings are inherently chaotic, yeah. terrible monsters. Yeah, people would show up and spoil every episode. And but maybe you have like a reputation system or something that like, yeah. you know, people mm-hmm. can be muted or whatever. I like that. I like that. Big old I mean, that's why I do like stuff like PlayStation Plus because it gives people an opportunity to play, to, to have a conversation about something at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. outside of the release date. But games are weird because they push back on you. Like games... Or they go offline. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I can, I can sit and watch The West Wing and turn it on, and it's going. The only thing that will happen is I'll probably fall asleep. <laughs> but when I try to play a video game, like I'm going to die a bunch, and I might get frustrated, and you might be on the next level when I'm still on the last yeah, one. Stuck sure. in one place. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. All right, moving on. Next email from Edward Gosling. Ryan's lesser-known brother. Maybe this is Brian Gosling's dad, Ed. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, sure. That's who. Uncle. He says, "Hi, game scoopers. New listener, first-time emailer. Ooh. My suggestion for a topic is the underappreciation for the sports game genre. Ah, I've been a long-time player of sports games on consoles since I started playing games from the standard FIFA football games to Madden, NHL, and NBA Sims. Not to mention Wii Sports." To my point, a lot of these titles sell extremely well and have a huge audience, as well as tremendous replay and multiplayer value, and are great for bringing non-gamers into the gaming world. Their ability to simulate the real-life sport is constantly improving, but I feel like they are looked down on by critics and hardcore gamers in general, despite their success. Do you think the sports genre deserves more respect? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I think that it's respected in the marketplace, and I think critics have, uh, I don't think that they are anti-sport game. Yeah, but I think they I, review incredibly well. Uh, yeah, but I do think that the people that I work with, speaking in very broad terms, are not broad sports game players. There are people that may focus on one particular sport that happens to coincide with the sport they follow in real life, mm. but a lot of us don't spend a lot of time on sports games. We know experts who do, we hire those experts, we work yeah. with those experts, and there are some people in-house that enjoy those things. Yeah. But there aren't as many as there are for what we might call that AAA center of the conversation in fantasy, science fiction, and role-playing games. I think that those worlds really do resonate a little better with the people who work in this part of the industry. So yes, I do think that they are probably given a different kind of attention, not because we're some kind of snoots or snobs, but because... Snoots or snobs. I actually, I I think it's more because Sports games have centered so squarely on simulation yeah. in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I don't play video games for realistic yeah. realizations of things that I can kind of do or experience in real life. I like, like that Mario Baseball, though. Yeah, like, stuff yeah. like that's really great. Like, actually, one of my favorite games of all time is Blades of Steel. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just really fun, and like when you get into fight mini games, it's like Street Fighter. I loved Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey on the N64 because yeah. yeah, it's just goofy. It's like hockey in general to me feels more like video gamey because there's it's basically it's a giant level with two mini bosses on the top and bottom <laughs> that are guarding the the, the flagpoles. If they're the mini bosses, who's the main boss? Yeah, I never thought of that. The, hockey of the, the Stanley Cup. But, but you, you do have, I think you raise a great point there. Things like Tecmo Super Bowl or Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which is effectively a rhythm game. Yeah, uh, puzzle game. Disguised puzzle as a boxing game, yeah. game. Or a puzzle game, disguised as a boxing game. Or Mutant League Football or a, a number of other... Uh, base Wars, Blood, Blood Bowl. But, yeah. but again, we're all or talking NFL about neat takes. We're talking about things you can't do in real life and changing them. And I do think that, that one of the reasons that sports is not as popular maybe in this office and some others is because it is not viewed as an escapist thing. You mentioned simulation. Yeah. We are 
largely an escapist medium. And I understand that. Um, simulation oh. doesn't feel escapist, at least not to me. I have a little bit different take on it. I used to, if you go back into the Scoop archives, I'm sure I've talked about this before, the way that I used to play sports games is I would buy one every, you know, three or five years. Like, I'm not the world's biggest American football fan, but I'll buy Madden, mm -hmm. you know, and play it, and that would be it for like three years. And right. then maybe I would buy Madden again. I would do that with FIFA as well. And I eventually had to stop because those games... Uh, they build on themselves in such a way that, like, man, if you look at, like, the controller in FIFA, like, what you need to do, like, every button has, like, four or five functions depending yep. on which trigger you hold down. And, like, it's easy to see how they got in this situation because every year has to have a new thing. And they're like, look, yeah. now when you press the right stick, you know, you can do ball jukes and stuff. And now when you push the left stick, you can stick arm people and, like, they stiff arm people and they add... Like, it's one little thing every year, and by the time it's five or six years, it's incomprehensible, and there's a million modes, and do you want to be the manager, or the no, coach, yeah, I, think, I think there's a lot of legitimacy to what you're saying there, Justin, but I've also heard exactly the same arguments made, say, about first-person shooters. I mean, Call of uh, Duty absolutely has yeah, that problem. I played Black Ops 3 after not playing a Call of Duty since Black Ops 2, and I didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, and, and, like, I that's why I can't play. Like, I bought FIFA South Africa, whenever the South Africa World Cup yeah. was. I bought that one, and I'm like, I don't even know, like, how to play the game like which of these menu options is for me like and for some people that's like such a wealth of content that if you buy fifa every year it's dope as hell but, but like, it's, it's like the same reason i don't play gran turismo or forza but i will play mario kart mm -hmm. you yeah. know like i want something that not necessarily is simplified but something that's just a, like a, a little quicker to get into i know there's like quick play matches and stuff like sure. that and all these sports games but a lot of it gets into um i don't like i just it, it feels almost like too human to me like mm. it's just like, like i get the game too human not that shoot god <laughs> by silicon knights um <laughs> No, but like showing up and all of a sudden I'm playing an NBA basketball game and everyone in the game is a real human being yeah. and they're playing like just like some rap album I might have on Spotify and there's no like there's no escapism to it like it's just and they're the menus are emulating like, Sports Center. Well, you're also if you're like a, a basketball fan, you're also spending a lot of your time just watching real basketball. Yeah, so you're not escaping yeah. that. But exactly. For, no, exactly. But and then you're trying to match your team to real yeah. life trades and stuff like that. But for sports fans, a lot of sure. sports are escapism. I've been playing in the same fantasy football league for over a decade now, and and it is an escapist nature. It's a, a meta game within a game, and and for a lot of people, just watching that sport that is the way they get out, following it. Whether it be you know in baseball, a lot of people just follow stats, and it's a way to get away from their lives and focus on something sure. else. The same way we use games. And I can say that every Every time in the last few years I've made an effort to get back into something, for example, Forza or The Show or Madden, it's been worth the effort. That curve has been high because the game's become complex, but if I stay involved with other people who are playing at the same time, and that's been the key, people that can say, hey, here's what you're doing wrong, hey, here's what's changed in Forza, then it has proved worth it, and I've had a great time after that initial couple hours frustration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I totally agree with that, I'm not denouncing why they exist or who they who no, they service. I don't, think, I don't think you are. But I like I specifically can say like when when it comes to video games as a medium, like I would rather it's the same reason I'd rather watch movies and documentaries. You know, like mm -hmm. documentaries are interesting and they're fascinating, sure. but it's just like Oh, this is the thing that's actually happening in real life. That's cool. It's really depressing. It, well, it's, it's also really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Back to Hyperlight Drifter. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, the, there's something else here we haven't talked about at all, and that's the fact that the the coverage of sports games has not just narrowed stylistically from things that were a little less realistic, like Blades of Steel or, or Punch Out, but it's also narrowed in the marketing and the franchising, and and finally, who owns the important property. Well, that's the thing. EA monopolized the conversation. Exactly, and that's frustrating. There's no more competition out there, yeah. which means they are only pushing themselves mm -hmm. and. That is 
that is a squish, I believe, on innovation mm -hmm. that frustrates me. There's not a lot of variety out there in major sports games anymore. We started um, the show talking about what, like four different first-person shooters and how they're taking to places. Some have mechs, some have jetpacks and, and Sarlacc pits. Yeah. Some are taking place yeah. in the far future. Might, one might take place in, in, in the past. Like, that's a fascinating conversation, but looking at sports games, it's just sort of like, oh, EA renewed the Madden franchise again yeah. for another 10 years. And, like, and, there's I, not really much to say there. It's an old man scoop moment here, but I mean, there once upon a time, youngins who are watching, you know, you could play multiple franchises based on the NFL. Yeah, they NFL were all different. Dope. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But I loved like ice hockey on the NES because you like you had to you had to pick between fat, medium, and skinny characters, and like yeah. that was your strategy. Much yeah. like reality. It's the weird thing. Like you know, I'm not a sports fan, so that's why that's the main reason why I don't play sports games today. But as a kid, I would play any sports game. Yeah. I play RBI mm -hmm. baseball. Yeah. I play Kings of the Beach for volleyball. Mm -hmm. I play Tecmo Bowl, NES play action football. Oh, I would yeah. play any sports game. Well, I think they, I were like, they were just goofier and a little more fun and a yeah. little less like rigid and serious. And the, now they're so much more based on simulation and reality. Yeah, they were they were arcade inspired. I mean, games were still moving from the arcade into the living room. Having the arcade experience in your home, that was the, the ultimate game. And those games were, made concessions for the fact they were home games because you could play all nine innings or all 60 minutes. But they still played like arcade games. Nobody ever has gotten it more right than Tecmo Super Bowl. It, yeah. is, it exists at the perfect nexus yeah. of accessibility and simulation, and, and I just want it to happen again. What was that robot football game in arcades? Robot, uh, robot football game? Oh, it's it's top-down. Not Might it be an Atari game? There's Pigskin, there's Mutant League, there's... Mutant um, there, I know the one you're talking about. Um, that robot baseball game. No, it's top-down and it's like vertical, right? Yeah. I yeah. do not remember the name of that thing, but I know we'll the game you're talking about. I'm going to look up. No, I want some of the, one of the listeners or viewers to let me know. Hopefully it's not, it's not the answer to 20 questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Uh, next email comes from Justin in Lawrence, Kansas. Is that you? It's not me. You're from Iowa. I'm almost sure it's not me. Okay. You uh, you padding the show with some... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why is Justin so handsome? <laughs> with recent successes like Stardew Valley... Oh, it is Justin. <laughs> I Fly Drifter, Pony Island, and Undertale is Valve... As a father. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is Valve missing an opportunity to create a low-cost, low-spec, indie Steam machine? The Steam Link doesn't quite fit the bill for me. I'd like a dedicated system with a small footprint that doesn't require me to stream. Uh, the Steam Link is like the Vita TV or PlayStation yeah, TV right, or right. stream your, your games to your TV. Yeah. He says the PS TV seemed like a possible candidate, but Sony blew it. And the Ouya, rest in peace, tried to provide the hardware first in hopes that a robust marketplace would follow. Yeah. Steam has the developers, the storefront, and the desire to create hardware. Should they add this kind of device to their roster? No, because they don't want to fragment their market, even though I love these games and I play a lot of them. Um, the fact is they'll run on a piece of crap toaster anyway that you can buy, so why, why design specialized hardware for it that might just split their marketplace? So the idea, what if, yeah. what if it wasn't even made by Valve? Do you like the idea of a low-cost, low-spec, indie console? Well, that exists. I mean, the Raspberry Pi is a thing that exists, and it's literally just a little board that's the size of a playing card uh, that costs 25 or 30 bucks, hmm. and it can, I don't know its power level to, uh, you know, run even something like Pony Island, but it can run like a SNES emulator. It's know, it's like. pretty it's pretty robust. I have that's one. That's what I mean. Like and I have uh, one too. Um, and uh, you know, if you put a case on that and maybe made it slightly beefier, then then you have you know a fifty sixty dollar reasonably priced PC. Um, but I also don't think Valve should do it. Well, for a couple reasons. I mean, business wise, why? You know, I mean, they make millions and millions of dollars off Steam. 
without even mucking around with that. So it's like, mm -hmm. there's an opportunity cost. Like every person that works on that project is not working on a project like Steam trading cards that might make them more money. Yep. Well, I mean, there's value to an entry level $100 Steam machine, I yeah. guess. Right? I think it's a trap to say, well, okay, if we put, uh, if we made it $120, then it could have Wi-Fi and people wouldn't have to have an Ethernet. Right, yeah, connection. it's a slippery slope. And if we made it like 150 then we can include more RAM and then all these other, you know, games would be mm -hmm. able to run on it. And like, man, if it was 200 then suddenly you're at like Xbox 360 power levels and it could run Skyrim and it's like you're also you ha you'd have to create a, spe a specified UI that was slotted in the way that it would only show you stuff that could mm -hmm. run on your console so if it wouldn't if yeah. you would never get an ad for the new Assassin's Creed game because you'd be sitting there being like oh shucks <laughs> now yeah. I, I like the Ouya if it, if I remember correctly I, I just got rid it. of my Ouya um, did you how did oh, you do that did you like sell it or just throw it out? Uh, we took it to Goodwill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wrote it off my taxes. <laughs> I, I would be totally okay with a device like this existing, but I don't think it would come from Valve because they wouldn't want to split their market up. But yeah, you, somebody will probably take another shot at low-cost Android-based hardware. Um, again, a, a Chromebook is effectively what you're yeah, talking it doesn't about. Have to, why and it, wouldn't, yeah. it can't be Android-based, though, because then that's not PC. Well, it's it's not... Okay, like now we're talking about hardware-based It needs to be Linux-based. Linux yeah, well, Android is Linux. Well, yeah, but it doesn't run, it doesn't, yes, but that's not what I mean. Okay, I'm confused now. Like, the the Steam Linux store, like, if you're in Android, you can't boot that up and buy games. Mm -hmm. and oh, we're talking, okay, now again, I'm saying stay away from Valve, stay away from Steam entirely. Oh. I'm talking about a dedicated, Damon said earlier, what if it weren't Valve? That's what I was saying. Uh, I mean, isn't this basically just, isn't it basically people. just your phone? To an extent, I mean, yeah, but, but phones are expensive. Yeah, yeah, but well, they not low cost. Well, I mean, it's, it's not really low spec anymore either. No, it's not low spec, but it's it is low cost if you consider what it's doing for you. I mean, it's basically getting a free game console with a a phone or a camera or all the other things that you would yeah. buy that you would fold into it. Yeah. Um, look into the who, who was the question the sender? Justin. Uh, Justin. Justin. They should look into the Raspberry Pi. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it, it is really neat. I agree with Justin there. All right, Justin, you have three minutes oh, God. to guess this week's right, video we, game 20 questions. Should we do a speed round? Sure, make it a speed round. Okay. Our suggestion this week comes from Fernando in Portland, Oregon. Okay, uh, does your character in the game ever eat food? Do they what? eat things? That's your first question? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Uh, was this game released uh, after January 1st, 2000? Yes. Is this a console game? Yes. Uh, before January 1st, 2000. Uh, was this released? Oh, wait, wait, wait. After, I said. After. Oh, after. after. Uh, okay, did this game get a physical release? Yes. Uh, was this game released on uh, what we'd identify as the last generation of consoles? Which would be 360, PS3, yeah. Wii, yes. Yeah. Was this game multi-platform? No. Okay. Was this game exclusive to Xbox? No. Was this game exclusive to uh, Wii? Yes. Okay. Okay. Wii game. Got it. All right. But the character cards. doesn't eat. That's man. not Mario. <laughs> I assume he eats the mushrooms. Yeah, I assume so too. Yeah, I think that's fair. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. Wait, does he like rub it on his skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's only a few things he can stuff it. In. I'm so big. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Yoshi. So yeah, because he also eats stuff. Okay. Yep. Let's. Uh, uh, is this a uh, first party? Mm, good uh, question. Yes. Okay. Do you, do you go ahead. Um, Physically released first. Do we ask about multiplayer? No. Is there a multiplayer component? Yes. That's ten. Ooh, ten multiplayer component. Uh, uh, do you, multiplayer you, Wii game you, made by Nintendo. Are you are you are you riding around in a cart? No. Um, are you playing as Kirby? No. It's, it's, I'm thinking it's either um, Mario Party or Wii, Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Wii Fit. It's probably Wii Sports. We play. Do you play as a me? We could ask that. 
be go for it. Do we play as a me? Yes. All right. So Do you play a variety of fun sports mini games? Yes. Is this a sequel? No. Uh, would this be Wii Sports? Yes. <laughs> How many questions for that? Sixteen. All right. Yeah, yeah, all right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get hosed by being yeah. Wii Sports Resort. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Although that did have right. that really fun sword fighting game. It's it's always That's interesting great. this game because it's like it took us sixteen questions to get to one of the most like recognizable I mean, best selling games. Of, one of the like yeah best selling oh, games yeah. of all time. The most important launch title since Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. What was the name of the accessory you needed for Wii Sports Resort? Uh, Wii Motion Plus. Wii Motion, yeah. Wii Motion yeah. Plus. Yeah. yeah. The Waggle Wand. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Wii. Love it? Yep, absolutely love it. Who doesn't? Adore Wii. Uh, Vince. No, Vince hates the Wii. I don't no, love, Vince I don't is a big old jerk. Yeah. I love some games on the Wii. I do not love the console or the, its controllers. No? Really? I, I adore that sucker. It's a it's a very it's a very difficult system to go back to. I found that it I can go back. Setup. Yeah, I can go back to almost any. Actually, the GameCube is actually a little hard on the eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, go, going back to that level of... Uh, of 3D games that have that sort of smear yeah. over them. Well, again, it looks so much better on a CRT. That's the problem. It right. wasn't made for. It wasn't made for HD. We wasn't really made with HDTVs yep. in mind. That's that's part of the problem. But, um... All right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Brian. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. If you are going to PAX East, we'll see you there. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. We're out. Yeah. You're from the light out of options out of sight let them in let them see just a version nearly free in your bedroom when the day is done you belong to everyone let it happen let them be all around you not for
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.